Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Halal Hustle, where we talk about halal business, halal entrepreneurship, and share stories about halal hustlers who are striving towards their place with Allah in the hereafter by taking the means in this dunya. Inshallah, on this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you an interview that I had with one of my good friends who is also an electrical engineer in training. He shared his story with me on how he set out on this path to become an electrical engineer and how he graduated from university debt-free. He also shared some tips on how you could do it too, inshallah. He also went through and explained to me what it is like being an electrical engineer, what does it mean to be an electrical engineer in training, and the value in that position. Finally, one of the most valuable things about his story is the fact that he entered university immediately following the 2008 recession. Additionally, he graduated during the 2016-ish economic downturn in Alberta, Canada, where the oil prices dropped significantly. And alhamdulillah, he was still able to get a job. Wasn't immediate, but he was able to do it. So he shares some valuable tips on how you can potentially do it too. Alhamdulillah, I'm a big fan of this brother and I look up to him in a lot of the things that he does because of how he moves and how he's consistent with his priorities in life. MashaAllah, barakallah fihu. With that being said, I was a big fan of this interview and I love his story. Inshallah, you do too. Without further ado, Bismillah, here's the interview. Assalamu alaikum, man. Welcome to the Halal Hustle. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thanks for having me. All right, man. I always talk about you. You know, <laughs> you are the prodigal. You are the prodigal child. <laughs> You're the one that uh, that I look up to. Mashallah, barakallah because you, you 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 made it. You know, mashallah, like in terms of immigrant dreams, it's like you know. Your parents come to the and uh, they they work hard, they sacrifice, they put you through, you know, like help you all get you to school. Yeah. You get that job that you're able to live a more comfortable life, help your family, support them. You did it, mashallah. You became the electrical engineer, bro. Mashallah. Let's add that part in trading. In trading, in trading, mashallah. Man, so I, I gotta know, man. I thought this would be a great story, uh, a great thing to share. Is uh-huh. how did you do it? How how did you become an engineer? Like how did you start? Let's, how did you decide? How did I decide? Okay. How I decided okay. was, uh, well, some of the things I was interested in growing up, like, alhamdulillah, like, uh, thanks for all the praise and stuff, because definitely undeserved, but I was, uh, I did, I, math and sciences did come easy to me, luckily. Like, those weren't the grades I ever struggled with, luckily, so alhamdulillah. Uh-huh. And I uh, was a bit of a nerd. I did like technology, like, if I saw something new, I'd be interested in how it worked. And this sounds yeah. really cliche, but like, you know, those can like check me out. Like, I was like, well, I can hit this light switch and everything's lit up. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is, this is little me, you know, this is little me. I'm like, wow, so I want to know how this stuff works. Like, that was something I was interested in, never really verbalized, yeah. but it was something that I really like think about all the time. But I never, engineering never came up to my mind, not yet, I guess. And then when it came to high school and everyone's talking about what do you want to do and what do you want to, where do you want to, uh, I was blessed to have people in my life. Like, I, uh, there's a family friend who was an engineer. Who uh, my mom said, "Hey, talk to this kid. He might be, you know, just tell him, tell him, help him try to figure out what he wants to do." And yeah. uh, it ended up being exactly what he does. Because when he told me about what engineering and what it, and what you do during the day and what engineers are meant to do, it was a kind of a cool balance between well, you get paid and you get to do interesting stuff, especially stuff that is in line with all that techie stuff I was interested in. And so two things that really did matter to me, and uh, it was all about making a priority list. So everyone has different priority lists. Is it purely something that drives you? Money's got to matter, in my opinion. Like, there's money has to make sense a little bit too, because you got to be a little bit realistic. Is Definitely, do you want to yeah. be? Yes, do you want to be? Uh, do you want to work for a corporation, or do you want to do your own thing? My part of this did revolve around 
making money as soon as I could. And, it, and I wanted it to be something that I was interested in. So, so then when he described engineering as a stable job, uh, disclaimer, this is before the economic downturn. <laughs> so he described it as a, a, a stable job, good pay, not doctor level pay or lawyer level pay, but good pay, decent pay. Uh, in most cases, you could even get to those levels, right? And then he also said that it's really interesting. You get to solve problemology, emerging markets. So after a couple of coffee shop meetings with him, I started doing my own research in around grade 11, right before grade 11, actually. So I was discussing this stuff really early because it helps you in high school to kind of remove the courses you don't need. So for example, I dropped, I biology. I dropped biology. I was like, once I decided, I was able to save the time of not doing biology. Whereas if you're not sure, you should do all the courses, right? That way, yeah, that's uh, what I did. Yeah, exactly. And that's the majority of people. It's good to take all the courses. That way, if you change your mind. So I kind of took the risk. I just went, all right, this is kind of what I want to do. I didn't decide exactly if I wanted to do electrical yet, even though I was kind of leaning towards it with that whole light switch stuff. I like power, like what you're told generically. Obviously, there's more markets in each, but like you're generally told, civil engineer builds buildings and electrical engineers deal with power. And there's obviously <laughs> yeah, more yeah. in each field, but let's say I was using the generic ones to help me pick. So I said, yeah, I was interested in building, wasn't interested in oil and gas and moving water and fluids. So I was already towards electrical. I already made it up my mind in first year. It involved money, helping my family out. Like you mentioned, uh, I, being an only son, I kind of did know early on that that pressure was going to be there. And funny story, back then, uh, before the economy went down, chemical was the most desirable one, so it had the highest rating. Electrical was right. pretty easy to get into, uh, even though it was my first choice. So, uh, And then I think now it's kind of starting to change. Like Electrical is a little bit harder to get into than it was before. But yeah, Wouldn't that, it have been great? That, yeah, and engineering is based off of uh the need at the time and the desire to be in certain fields right so at the time yeah. oil and gas was booming 2011 people wanted to be in the oil market i think things changed a little bit people are kind of avoiding it but that luckily back then i was able to pick electrical engineer and uh, i was actually kind of made fun of it for a bit too by like family friends and things like that like hey you live in calgary why aren't you doing uh, chemical or oil and gas You're, you chose to do electrical engineering <laughs> Who's laughing now? Who's, who's laughing, laughing now? now? <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. May Allah make things easier for everyone who's straight now with the job. I mean, now again, I'm not any safer at all, right? Like anything could happen with any positions, right? Uh, where we live here, everything's tied to autonomy in general. It's like one body. But obviously, the area that's hit the most is oil and gas, time and time again. But and then okay, the, so um, there's one more little thing that helped me kind of like I like the idea, which that mentor told me, and he was kind of like. The ability to design something or be a part of a project, and then it ends up getting built, you know, and you can see the end product physically. And you drive by whatever it's street lighting or uh, Mike something, you get to just see it built after all that work. There's a little bit, he told me there's a little bit of sense of satisfaction with that, like putting in work into something, something that's actually going to be a part and people are going to use. Uh, and then you get to see it work. And he's like, that's, he, that's what's his favorite part of it. And so far, it's actually my favorite part of it as well. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, man, that's dope. Okay, so I have to ask you, one of the reasons why, you know, I look up to you and like I like I ah. praise you so much and stuff, mashallah, barakallah fiqh, it's just because you were like a really young age and you were hustling. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, like correct me if I'm wrong, you went debt free, right? When it came I to university. Mashallah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. It's all from Allah, of course. Um, and it didn't, I didn't do it on my own at all. So I'll tell you that. I'll tell you how it happened. So. Awesome. It started with a loan. So in first year, right off the bat, it's expensive. It's almost like 10 grand you need. Yeah. What helps is being from a low-income family, some of that's forgiven. Like not a big percentage, but like let's say I think 20 was forgiven. Uh-huh. So just, they just write that off if you, uh, if you apply as a low-income person, which I recommend to anybody else who is in that situation back then. So we weren't 
like I found me my family wasn't really too well off when it came to uh, having those kind of funds. So basically, thankfully, with some of the marks leaving high school, I wasn't a '90s student like a certain someone I'm talking to right now. Alhamdulillah. I don't, I don't know what you're <laughs> talking was, about. <laughs> but I was, uh, I was, uh, I, I guess enough to get certain scholarships, like entrance scholarship into engineering. I got twenty-five hundred dollars right there. One was another twenty-five hundred. Alhamdulillah. Um, alhamdulillah. So walking, I had five k. Uh, not including anything else, and then I knew I needed 10k, but they just give you the loan for first year altogether. So I ended up receiving 10k. I worked through high school at McDonald's, which was a struggle, uh, part time, and I didn't save too much. But again, that was a little bit knowing that I was just going to be dumped at school. Throwing those things together, taking that loan to pay the school off, and then my mom, alhamdulillah, had 2k saved. She's like, just try to get debt free for this first year, and we'll see about the next years. So the hardest part of this wasn't even knowing or thinking that would be debt. I'd be debt free throughout my whole degree. Step by step, going okay. Well, I paid off this first loan. Luckily, with my mom's help, money I had from McDonald's, these scholarships uh, that weren't too big, but they were still. Like, you just add them up, right? Twenty-five hundred here, five hundred there. There's a engineering engineering entrance scholarship, and then there was also a uni entrance scholarship for five hundred bucks. Like all these little things added up, and we just thought, hey, let's pay this first year one off, even if obviously there's no interest on it or anything like that. Um, until you graduate, but we just jumped on it, which was the best advice from my mom to just pay it off early because it'll just stack up. Then you know, in the second year you take another loan. The first year I paid off that loan. Um, then came uh, first year ended, and a high school student going to university, you don't get two months off, you get four months off. So uh, I was hired by the community to do like youth programs and sports programs and things like that. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So that was a good full time job throughout my summer, and I did courses on the side during that. So I saved up enough to pay for get for another term, and then at the time my mom I think was still working. She threw in another two k, um, and being really frugal with my spending. So I had a vehicle. I didn't drive it. Took the insurance off. I took the <laughs> transit. So it was it was a grind, but it wasn't a grind that had a full plan. It was like, all right, this is all I need to get through the next year, pay for next year. So alhamdulillah, second year I paid for with the help of my mom again a little bit and the help of saving up four months worth of work. Uh, paid off second year. Then third year came along, or the summer of second year. Same thing again. I worked to get blessed enough again to work with the community, run sports programs and programs. And then that led to again saving up money, and I was able to save up enough this time that I just paid off. I paid for the first term of third, and then I got hired by a, uh, an individual who owns his own engineering company. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I, I consider him a great mentor, and I believe you know him as well. And I was able to work for him for throughout. It's weird. I was able to work for him during my third year. Which is weird because I was full time school, but I was able to work with him some days here and there. It actually involved me sometimes to help get work done. Uh, gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, and then he paid me hourly, and it was part time, and I was able to make some money off of that. So I was able to use that money to pay for second term. So it's funny, I didn't even know I was gonna be able to pay off all of third year. It was just that job came along, and. Uh, that was a hell of a semester working for him and doing school. But then I paid for third year. And then I was like, all right, let me see if I can get an internship. Because with engineering, after uh, an art school, uh, you work a term and then you do school for a term. Yeah. And art school is like, it's just you go through the years and then you're, if you're lucky enough to get an internship after third year, you take a year already. Um, so then I spent third year as well trying to build my resume. And then uh, alhamdulillah, I was able to get an internship. So my first engineering, real, real engineering experience came from that. And that obviously was able to help me pay for not only my second, like all of fourth year, and any other school fees that were left. So it was a grind that came in pieces. Really, it wasn't. <laughs> I didn't know about all that, but the timing of things was all from Allah. I was able to get that position, 
with that individual. I was able to get those summer positions. The internship. Alhamdulillah. So this all added up, and then I just counted my pennies, and then I was able to pay it off. Alhamdulillah, man, that's, that's amazing. But I, I think that a lot of people go through it, and you know, little bits here and there definitely yeah. make a make a big difference. And for sure, I know myself like that sacrifice. Like, no, I need to pay those couple grand yeah. up this semester or something. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, man, mashallah. Yeah, and I bet you, you can relate. It's like. Do I need this right now? If you're a question of buying, that's the question. Yep, yep. That's the question you have to ask yourself. I failed here and there. I wasn't the best at it, but that was the 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 main piece. Is like, okay, I got to pay for this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, but alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. But what would you give? What would you give like someone like one piece of advice to take away from all of that? You know, we kind of talked about it, but how to go about it? Oh, for sure, not to miss out on scholarships. I could have done even better. That would have saved me some headache because I have to work during school, which is a pain. Yeah. I, and I and like people told seriously, I did. I was able to get some of the lucky scholarships here and there, the little ones. But like, there is a wealth of scholarships that just go wasted that people don't even apply for. Somebody will just apply to one, and he's like one of the only few people to apply for, it, and he'll just get it. So like, I'll tell somebody like, when they're in high school, it's the easiest time to get scholarships. Apply for as many as you can. Keep them grades decent enough. And then uh, some scholarships aren't even based off of grades. They're based off of community time, volunteering, and things like that. So just really go out of your way to look for these scholarships. It's, it's free. And, uh, man, if I can do it all again, I'd use more of that. Maybe save me some, you know, some headache during school. <laughs> but, uh, but those scholarships are wasted. Wait, uh, you know how it is. Like, there's so many out there, and we always find out about it after you leave. Definitely, definitely. Uh, that's my main advice. And then obviously the question we just discussed this too is the biggest one is uh, if you're, you're, you're saving, you're, you're doing that hustle – Ask yourself, do you really need this thing right now or could it wait, you know? Uh, that's the biggest question. <laughs> Definitely. Alhamdulillah, man. All right, so you graduated, you grinded, you hustled. You're, you're, an, you're an engineer or, as you say, you know, engineer uh, in training right now. Explain that to me. Exactly. Explain that for those who don't know what that is. Engineering training, essentially, or the main ability an engineer has is to authenticate a certain design or a project and put it out there for public safety. So you can't, right out of school, you can't really be the sole individual putting stuff out for public safety. Like, especially, let's use building. Building is the easiest one because uh, that's also the one that I, if a building collapses or a bridge collapses. Right, right. The civil engineers, they got to design uh, everything. They got to basically make sure that everything's correctly, that Certain foundations are holding up the right load, that everything's going to fit together properly, and this building's going to last 100, 200 years and stand still. So before a construction company will come along and build it, they go off of these engineering drawings that have to be authenticated. They have to be, okay, now it's safe. An engineer has stamped this and said, if you follow these instructions and you follow this and you you put this much concrete, you do this, you do that. It'll be safe for the public. That's what it means to authenticate. So right out of school, you can't do that thing. You have to be working under an engineer that's full, that already has the ability to authenticate something. Okay. So in my case right now, I am working under actually a couple of different engineers. I'm lucky to have a, a bunch of good guys in my group that will mentor me and teach me stuff. Alhamdulillah. But especially the most important thing is that if I work on something, I have a couple of different people that will review it, make sure it's safe. And then they put their stamp. So they take liability for me, which that even when you become an engineer, part of it is you got to mentor. Uh, and so you will there'll come a time where I'll have to mentor an EIT and engineering training. Inshallah. And you take liability for them. So it's kind of funny. It's that it makes you work harder because you're like, this thing I'm putting out there right now is going to be authenticated by somebody else. Yeah. So I got to make sure I'm not putting him in trouble. I got to make it as easy as I can to make sure that everything's safe. Because he's right. It's a give and take. Like you're, you're being trusted to be a professional and to work hard at it. Uh, then have somebody come along and check everything to see if it works or not. Right. Alhamdulillah. Okay, uh, so right now you're in EIT. 
Yes. Okay. So what is it? What is a day of an EIT? Ah, this is the boring part. So a day in the life of an EIT. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are still office type things like uh, you got meetings, meet with your teammates, your supervisors, and they give you they give you your tasks, and then you discuss scheduling, you discuss um, um, your responsibilities, uh, how things are coming along, how your projects are coming along, any issues. So my day can be filled up with meetings sometimes, and then sometimes the the fun part is uh, you get to do site. Like let's say you're about to build something, you're about to I'm about to install something or upgrade something in a substation. Uh-huh. We do a site up there and see, okay, what we, what are we planning us to do, and will it work? All right, like the simple thing would be like, for example, this thing I'm about to install, is it gonna fit? <laughs> That's the main question. You go there, you go there, and you just go, all right, this thing gonna fit. So you take photos, you take measurements, you look for any potential dangers that when the crew's gonna be out there, you add that to your design. Like, okay, make sure when you're doing this, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Or oh, this place is a really old substation. Some wires aren't tagged or thick or. This cable tray where all the cables are, are installed or are running, it's too full, and you have to add something to it because it might not fit. So you have pieces of what you're adding to the existing system. That's called brownfield design. So I do a lot of brownfield, which means if something is uh, – you're upgr- updating or replacing something that's already there or making it better. Okay. Greenfield is when you come along and you add a brand new thing that wasn't there before at all. Like let's say – you're building a substation from scratch, and the, that area didn't have one to start with. Then in Brownfield, is, let's say you're working in an existing substation, and something is getting old or something needs to be updated or added to that. So that's called Brownfield. So Brownfield comes because you go there, and uh, whatever is there before was done years ago. Standards are outdated. Things are missing or whatever, right? So it's still your responsibility because you're coming in there to make sure everything works uh-huh. right. So you got to make sure that if you're going to add something, it's going to fit. It's not going to disrupt anything that's already there. So, so that's what the site visit part of my goes. And the, the majority of my time, because I'm not going to meetings and site visits every day, but self-driven designing. So like I'll have a package that'll take me a couple days. So I got to make my own schedule. No one's, uh, in my group, it's you're really trusted to kind of make your own time and get things yeah. done. So I'll come in and go, what do I need to do today to make sure that I'm still on top of things? That sometimes, let's say meetings show up, that if I lose a whole day of designing, am I still ahead? So some days where I'm left alone to do my design work, I get it done. I just sit there from start. I come in to when I leave, and I just do my work. I I create the drawings that someone's gonna come along and authenticate later. If that makes okay. sense. Okay. No, that does. Alhamdulillah. That that's a pretty yeah. good picture. Looks like. Yeah, and then, and then there's the office things, right? You work in a cubicle. You work with uh, around other people. It's it's a good time. I'm also blessed to be working around a lot of people that are a lot older than me. Uh, that they can teach me stuff that they know, or I wouldn't say older, but more experienced. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So. For you, you know, I, I was there and I got to see it, but you graduated yeah. when it was the economic downturn, at least in that part of Canada, and yes. a lot of jobs were drying up or there wasn't as much uh, opportunity out there. So yeah. when it comes to, you know, job hunting, like, alhamdulillah, yeah. may Allah, you know, preserve your ability to get jobs and uh, for the opportunity, I yeah. mean, but w- what would I mean, be a tip? Because I know a lot of people, they may graduate with a degree and they're not as, you know, hireable. Like, what would be a tip, like, for for them? Um, tip number one, uh, and just a disclaimer out there, it still did take me a, a, while, a while, a few months, or not, actually not more than a few months. It took me, like, seven, eight months to get a yeah. job. And uh, in that bid was, I didn't just sit there. I, I, I did some odd jobs here and there, I did tutoring there and there, but I also built up my skills. So, like... I didn't, I didn't make sure I was the same guy graduating, if that makes sense. Because you've got to constantly update your resume to make it more desirable. Yeah. Um, so I took, I applied for master's. So I had the foresight while I was in fourth year. And uh, we were getting bad news, bad economy <laughs> while we were still in school. So actually, me and some friends, we just went, you know what? If things 
do go bad, let's make sure we apply for masters now. So to say you have to apply for it while it was like the February of your last year, like near the end, the last term of your last year, you gotta apply for yeah. it. So people have to know they wanna do it. Like you can't just apply for it in the summer when you know you didn't get a job. So I kind of planned for it. I was really interested in just seeing what masters was like because I didn't know if I wanted to go down the post grad route either. So luckily it worked out that even though I didn't have a job, I was able to go to masters uh, and more courses because that's what I was, what I was really interested yeah. in. So I was taking my time doing some courses there, uh, working part time jobs here and there, and just and I, and I'm a piece of my everyday applying. So a lot of people get discouraged when the economy is bad because there's hundreds of people applying to position. Hundreds, literally. And you're like, well, I put all this effort, most likely I won't be get seen, or how do I get callbacks? What I say is you just got to do it every day because, yeah, there's a good chance your resume might not even be seen, but you just got to keep going, keep going. Uh, network, I built a link, uh, got to know people, went to the career fairs, went to the interview workshops, and basically spent the time because I only had, I didn't have, I didn't have too much time. If I did get a call, I knew that I might not get another one. So I wanted to make sure that I was selling myself properly, yeah. that I was comfortable in an interview setting, that I was uh, willing to uh, um, willing to put in that grind, I guess, right? Because even I hit a slump where it's like, oh, man, it's already June and I don't have a job. But at the same time, everyone else in that position too, right, when yeah. I graduated. You got to pick yourself up and spend part of your day just applying. And the most important thing to answer your question, I guess, uh, this is I'll just explain what I did, but the most important industry experience leaving school. So whatever, even if you're not doing engineering, even if you're not, uh, if you're in school, make sure you get some sort of relevant experience and the thing you want to do when you leave. Because I was blessed to have a really good internship at a company that where I learned really hands-on, like utility, construction, and project management coordination of the marketing. So I kind of already had, uh, when I went into this position, I kind of already knew a lot of the terms. I kind of already knew what they were doing. I didn't come in not, I did not come in not knowing what a transformer was. I kind of already had these, this background yeah. um, because of my internship, because of my in-school experience, which a lot of people go, oh, I just want to get school over with. I just want to finish my four years and leave. The finishing a year later isn't a big deal, especially if you're, if you're making money while doing it. So I really recommend whoever it is, whatever field you're in, Try to shadow a company even if your 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 field doesn't have internships or uh, try to shadow a company. Try to volunteer. Try to do whatever it is that you can put on your resume and be different. Like got to be different than everybody else applying for jobs. So uh, when you apply to a position, have the utility experience is relevant. So that was able to help me get my foot in the yeah. door. And the other thing that my actually even my managers were discussing me doing an interview phase is like, what were you doing during that time? They knew that I graduated a certain year or a certain. Uh, they knew I graduated 2016. And they're talking to me end of 2016, right? They're like, so what were you doing in that time? Were you changing? Were you waiting for a job? They saw that I went to my master's. I did some. I did some learning on the side. I did and like I, I didn't just sit there. Yeah. Right? So I would recommend it for everybody else. Two things is leave school experience, and then while you're waiting for a job, because the economy does suck right now, uh, just keep learning, keep changing, and obviously I guess try to make money on the side doing whatever, because uh, not having money also sucks. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Mashallah, all right, yeah. man, I don't want to keep you for too long, but I always want to end uh, asking this question. And so yeah. the thing that I want to ask is, what is something that you're doing? Because I know you're an engineer. Everyone knows you're an engineer. What is it that you're doing in the background that no one really knows that you're working on improving? No one really knows what's going on. What's your hidden halal hustle? My hidden halal hustle is a very good question. It's not for okay for asking anyway, yeah. What we're forced to do growing up is to learn knowledge, 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 right? And it's usually about what you're going to be working on, like what we're discussing, our, our hustle, our halal hustle, right? I was so focused on learning when it comes to school and studying and studying and studying. When I left, I kind of hit a slump where I'm just like, yes, no more books, no more, no more studying. <laughs> I'm just going to 
just gotta learn applicable things now. Like I was so excited to just learn hands-on things. I didn't want to just study and learn things done with knowledge, yeah. right? In a weird sense, in a subconscious way, I was so fed up with the whole book. It came a time where I started realizing that I put so much value on this industry knowledge that I had that I wasn't really putting the same amount of knowledge of it on my dean, right? Uh-huh. So I made it my personal goal to try to, while I'm developing myself in my industry, I also want to develop myself as a, as a Muslim and in my dean, right? So that's my hidden hustle. Like I, I try to make sure that I'm progressing each day in terms of that knowledge, that knowledge that's going to benefit us in Akhara, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I see it, is that putting that value back on what knowledge is. And uh, alhamdulillah, even the industry knowledge, it's blessed, it's good. Making sure that I'm taking that time out of my day to learn the deen, right? Yeah. That's kind of what I, and inshallah, I keep my intentions clear on that, is that I'm not putting all my emphasis on just knowledge of uh, like my industry, but the knowledge of my deen, you know? And continue developing that mind, and it keeps things interesting, right? So I shouldn't hate studying anymore. School kind of gives you that fatigue, but... So that's what I kind of I'd recommend to people is like just do you you can each day to be, get better even if it's like ten minutes of your time just do something right. Alhamdulillah, man, that's uh, that's dope. Definitely, like that little bit every day, I feel it. It, yeah. it goes it goes a long way. Just like you were saying when you were applying to jobs, is that you know you just yeah. work at it a little bit every day. So that's awesome. Alhamdulillah, that's yeah, that's great. I need a I need to work on myself as well in that regard, like being consistent and trying to do something just a, even if it's a little every day. Yeah. Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. You know. Like, I heard that analogy from a speaker is like, you know, think of it as a ladder. As long as you're one step up from last time, you're good. Ooh. Just don't go backwards. Don't go backwards and don't and just make sure you're just going up one step. Some people can go up 10 steps at a time, but even if it's just one step, right? And that's the question people have to ask themselves every time Ramadan comes along. And like, what is last year's Ramadan? That's the one that gets me scared. Is thinking like, am I really up a step from last time? Have I really changed since the last Ramadan, right? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Ooh, I like that. Mashallah. Great. Yeah. Grading progress. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Really appreciate it. And you know, keep on keeping on. Waalaikum. Inshallah. Hopefully, it was you know, it was a good discussion. Jazakallah khair for having me. I mean, waalaik. No, it was a pleasure, man. It was a pleasure. Inshallah, you know, I I know you know the the chosen one. Barakallah fi. Uh, I like I like that term. <laughs> no man. No man. Thank you, and uh, and may Allah preserve and increase you. I mean. I mean, I mean, all right, man, take care. Assalamualaikum. So there you have it. My interview with an electrical engineer in training. Alhamdulillah, at the time of this recording, he is well into his second year of the process. It's a four-year process to complete the engineer in training transition. After that, he can take a, an exam held by the governing, um, you know, professional engineering body in which after passing that exam, he is now in a position where he can be the uh, authenticator, where he holds the, you know, the title or the experience and seniority to sign off on designs for projects within his field. Before we sign off, I just wanted to highlight what he talked about with his hidden halal hustle, that aspect of trying to do a little bit every day. That's something that I talk about a lot with uh, my fellow halal hustlers about how starting something new or doing anything, it becomes really difficult to consistently do it. And that breaking down stuff or breaking down steps into even smaller steps really helps move things along. You know, you could easily check off one small thing that you did 
But if you do it consistently at the end of that week, it would feel as though you did something more significant, but you actually didn't really do anything significant. So you're kind of cheating a little bit to yourself, but you're not, which makes it great. Alhamdulillah. So that's something that I definitely need to continue to work on in terms of my deen, as well as, you know, in the professional standpoint of my hustle. Again, I hope this was a benefit and it wasn't a harm. Inshallah, you're able to be successful with your hustles as well. And for those of you that are interested in sharing your story or would like to learn more about some of the stories that have been shared so far, let us know. You can message us or contact us on Instagram or Twitter using our handles underscore the halal hustle. Or you could email us at info at the halal hustle dot com. For all the information about this episode, you can check out the show notes as well at the halal hustle dot com. Inshallah. Until next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.